Hello, and welcome to Nerds About, a podcast where we interview a different subject matter expert every week and become nerds about that subject. I'm your host, Caleb, and tonight we're going to be nerds about baseball with my friend Tim Orangeburg. And Tim, thanks for being on, man. Man, I appreciate it. I was intrigued when you uh, when you got in touch with me to do it. It's it's a cool idea. Yeah, whenever, whenever I was first talking about starting the podcast, uh, you know, going through the names of it was surprising how many people I, th- I thought of that I said, oh, I can interview that person as a subject matter expert. And yours was one of the first names that came up. The The previous two episodes with the Craig Judds were both two names that came up. And yours was, was I think, the third name that came up of definitely somebody who we need to talk to about um, baseball. So, Well, it's something that I do enjoy talking about. So oh, definitely. It, it'll be a good conversation. So with that being said, Tim, what qualifies you as a subject matter expert on baseball? I don't know. Um subject matter expert um i the game grew on me when i was a young when i was younger um played i was fortunate i had a brother that was a year and a half younger than i was so always had a kind of a live-in best friend so we -hmm. played basketball we threw footballs around but baseball is the one that kind of stuck and um so i was in love with the game i fell in love with the game and then uh was fortunate enough to play through high school through college um played some minor league baseball but have always been fascinated by the game, the changes, how it was played, how it's played now. It's uh, it's something that I do every day. I think about every day. Yeah. And so you talked about your playing career, and uh, after playing, you still continued in. You know, you said it's something you do every day. So is it still something you're still actively coaching in, actively? No, I don't coach anymore. Um, I am active. I'm an active watcher of baseball. I watch no, a lot okay. of baseball. So, um, so I'm, I watch a lot of games. I get the, the extra innings. I watch three games a day. So it's how I enjoy passing my time. How you enjoy passing your time. Yeah. America's pastime, right? There it is right there. Right. So, you know, you talked about when you were playing, uh, you had the, you know, the fortune of being able to play in the minors. And so, what was what was kind of your your progression between your different um, levels of play of starting out in little league and it, how did little league differ than when you got to high school and then high school from college and then making a jump from college to professional ball? Um, every jump had its own significance. You know, you um, going from little league. We played. We just we played. Um, it wasn't as structured. We didn't have travel ball teams. We all just uh, neighborhood kids, kids in your community, and we played against each other. Um, on little league teams, um, and then you kept playing. We then we played Babe Ruth baseball, and then high school baseball. I was fortunate. I played on some really good high school baseball teams up in. I, I grew up up in Oregon, um, uh-huh. and uh, in Southern Oregon, and we had some really good baseball teams. It was a very athletic area. We had a lot of good athletes come out of that area. So I played high school baseball and football, basketball, but baseball was the one that I was like, I got a chance to maybe do something. So I was lucky to progress from there. And I got to go to, uh, I came from Medford, Oregon to Merced, California and played junior college baseball at Merced and then went on from there. But every step was different. Um, the biggest step was the one when you finally signed to play professionally. Uh Um, that was when baseball kind of quit being a game. It was a drag, kind of, you know, signing your first professional contract was, it, I had, I was excited. It was a, it was a blessing, but now you're kind of playing, you're kind of playing against the guys that you're or on your team. You know, you're all yeah. trying to get to the same spot. So it quit becoming in college baseball, man, rah, rah, we played for the team and, and it became more of an individual game. It became more of a business at that point. So that was the biggest probably adjustment you had to make if you got, were fortunate yeah. enough to play professional baseball. Yeah. So. And so. 
you know, you know, you always hear that it's a team sport, but you know, with what you're talking about in, it seems like when you get to that level, how much is it, you know, doing what's best for the team to try and get called up, but still perform my best. Like it seems like out of all the sports that baseball is the one that allows for the most individuality rather than necessarily being a team player. I agree with that because I think that when you get into an organization, when I, when I played um, professional baseball, 85 through 87, 88, um, there was two A-ball teams, a double-A team, a triple-A team, and the big league team. There was 150, 160 athletes in baseball players yeah. in that organization. So you were – so. You watched what the guys above you did. If you were playing an A-ball, you kind of watched what the double-A guys were doing. And we didn't have internet. We, we yeah. just kind of got it through the, through the grapevine with people coming through. So, but you, you know, sometimes you kind of hope guys fell on their face a little bit maybe ahead of you, mm-hmm. you know. And you knew at the same time when you were out there pitching, guys were like, hey, man, I hope this guy lays an egg today, you know, because I'm yeah. trying to get his spot. There was 10 pitchers on a, in, on a team. Every team I played on, there was 10 to 11 pitchers. And I was competing against them to get to the next level. So it was yeah. hard to root for them, you know. But So the team thing kind of left. In college, oh, my God, college baseball was a whole different story. That was the funnest baseball I ever played. College baseball was the funnest baseball I ever played because now it was about the team. It yeah. didn't matter. You know, we were all playing for one thing, you know, trying to win a league championship or a state championship or uh-huh. a national championship when I was at San Diego State. We yeah. So... That was a different feel. Then you jumped into professional baseball, and it kind of changed. The game changed. So. Yeah. And so you talked about you were a pitcher. Were you a starter, reliever? I was a starting pitcher all the way through college, everything. I started out in the minor leagues as a starting pitcher. And um, halfway through my second year, I became a reliever. And relievers back then were different than they are now. We didn't have six relievers on the staff. You know, you were we had two long guys and maybe two middle guys and a closer, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so so I went to the bullpen. That was a big change. Um, and uh, um, would spot start every once in a while. But, but pitching, yeah. Um, at the different levels that I got to play at, um, we – I'm not – we – Pitching was was what we did. I'm sorry, I lost track there. No, you're good. My bad. No, 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 not a problem at all. I was That's... thinking one thing and something, but anyhow, go ahead. So, as a pitcher, you know, you're talking about making the, the transition. Talk about that, though, that transition from being a starter where, hey, yes. you know that you're going. You can get prepared for this. You can, you, you know, you know you're going to face these batters, so you can start kind of preparing for facing those batters. Hey, this guy's a first ball, fastball hitter. No, I'm going to start him off with a curve. Right. Versus saying, I don't know when I'm going to get thrown in. What was that mental adjustment? That was where we were going, and I lost track. But oh, um, as a starting pitcher, you knew that you were throwing on Thursday. And then you had Friday off, Saturday off, Sunday, Monday off. And then you got to start again on Tuesday. So you had those four days off, but you had things you did. You ran, you threw, this and that. Coming to the ballpark in that mode was nice. This mm-hmm. is my night. I get to the ballpark, and it's my night. Um, as compared to coming to the ballpark every night thinking, I might get two or three innings in tonight. So, so your mental makeup was different. The way you approach pitching. I used to, as a starting pitcher, I'd get 20 minutes before the game and go start getting loose, play a little long catch, get loose, stretch. All of a sudden, now you're in the bullpen, and you got to be ready in 15 pitches. Boom, let's yeah. go. So there was an adjustment physically, too. But, but um, coming to the ballpark every night thinking you're going to get a chance to pitch was fun, too. There was a lot of times where it was fun. But sometimes the starters go out and they do their job, and, and you – don't throw for five nights in a row. 
you know, so that was tough. It was a big adjustment yeah. going to the bullpen. Yes, very much so. I didn't care for the bullpen, but that's where I ended up. And yeah. so also within pitching, what, you know, all pitchers aren't the same. There's different pitches that they throw. There's different, uh, there we go. There's different pitches that you throw. There's different, you know, velocities that you throw. What, what were some of the different pitchers? You know, what, first off, what type of pitcher were you? Were you, you know, a fastball curveball guy? And then what type of pitchers are there in general? Well, back when I played, we didn't have a bunch of big guys throwing 95, 98 miles an hour like they do now. Um, I was, I was, I threw the ball firm enough. I was maybe upper 80s, maybe 90 every once in a while. But I had a good curveball and I, and I learned how to throw a really good changeup. That was when... I became a pitcher, was being able to throw a changeup. But um, pitching has changed. I'm, I'm talking this was in the you know, early 80s where mm-hmm. we didn't have, you know, um, we weren't playing travel ball and that kind of stuff. And we didn't, we played baseball. We just went out yeah. and played, you know. Um, so so we, we didn't have a lot of guys that threw hard, hard, but we learned to pitch. And um, I did that. Which was which I preferred. I preferred yeah. being able to go have out, to hit your spots, have right? To, you know, have and to I, you learn to pitch. But I played with some guys that threw ninety, you know, ninety, ninety-two, and there were some still some guys that threw hard. So there's a multitude of different guys out there that throw differently. I was a guy that kind of could finesse my way around the plate and mm-hmm. and get guys to hit the pitch I wanted, you know, soft. Where you wanted, to I wanted soft contact. That was what I was looking for. Uh-huh. So um, I wasn't a big strikeout guy, but I could strike a guy out if I had to, you know, every once in a while. But I like to get contact. I pitched. Yeah, so. like the defense play. Exactly, exactly. Keep everybody involved, yes. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, the famous Bull Durham quote where he talks about uh, strikeouts being fascist and uh, groundouts <laughs> being a lot more democratic because you get to everybody involved. Everybody gets involved, exactly. Very good. Exactly. So, yeah. Speaking of which, as somebody who got to play at that level, you know, uh, Bull Durham is a personal favorite of mine, but what baseball movie kind of is the most accurate portrayal of what actual clubhouse culture is? And That's interesting. I think my favorite um, my favorite baseball movie is probably, um, well, Bull Durham's always a good one. You know, that's and that's a good one because that you see a lot of stuff on the road, and that's what it's like when you're playing in the minor leagues. You're on buses and stuff. I mean, you know, um, but... It was it was a fun life. It was a it was a great life. So, um, but we didn't we we would travel on buses sometimes ten twelve hours. It was mm-hmm. it was um, but it became something you did. You were trying to make a living, you know. Yeah. So it was it was it was fun. Um, I like <laughs> I like any baseball movie to be honest with you. Forty two was a great yeah. movie. I mean, I just uh, that was a a great one. Um, so I like any baseball movies. Yeah, but, still, still just a fan of anything of the game. Yes. So, you're talking about you playing as a pitcher. Uh, what was your approach, you, you know, especially hearing it as a reliever? Uh, I know there's always these kind of stereotypes that, that go around pitchers. of, You know, starting pitchers especially have kind of got this, hey, that bat better not leave your shoulder, boy, because you're not allowed to hit my stuff. Then there's always the closers who kind of, you know, I remember Brian Wilson being absolutely insane and, and the interviews he did were just absolutely off the wall. Same thing with some of the older guys. Um, what were kind of the, some of the stereotypes that go around with the different ballplayers that, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, as a pitcher, you kind of see this stuff, the different ballplayers you see, what kind of those are the most accurate that, that the public sees and that are the most, you know, kind of overblown. Well, I think today it's, it's, it's so much more in your face. You can watch baseball. I, 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 I got, 
eight games on my television at home right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you get to see these kids. I think it's much more of a show now. Um, it's still good baseball. These kids are amazing and yeah. they're young and they're talented and why not, you know, but there's not that many Mike Trouts out there. And I love a guy like Mike Trout, but you get some of these youngsters that come up. A lot of them are Latin players, um, Dominicans, that kind of stuff. that are still kind of getting used to the culture. These kids are 21 years old and they've got, you know, yeah. millions and millions of dollars. And so there's these kids. I think, I think sometimes it's unfair to put these kids into some of those situations. Yeah. But most of them have, have now there's, there's camps over in everywhere over there uh-huh. where these kids are learning how to deal. They're, they're feeding them. These, you know, organizations have yeah. gone over and put, you know, MLB has, don't, has put a lot of money in over there. So these kids are coming over a little more ready to step up and play. So, yeah. um, so I think the, the, the gruffness back in the day, it wasn't all, you know, if, if you, if, if you heard, Somebody say something, you heard it on the local news. You didn't hear it nationwide. It wasn't uh-huh. on ESPN 24-7, you know. So, um, so those guys could kind of say what they wanted. They used to sit there and smoke cigarettes while they were doing their interviews, you know. Yeah. Um, so they said what they said. It was, you know, um, but they were a different character back then. Back then, they were, I, they were, I want to say more fierce competitors. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Not that these kids don't compete now. Yeah. But it's a, it was a different kind of a grind. It was a, um, it was different. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair, to, that's fair to say. And so is that kind of the biggest thing that you've seen change as far as, you know, whenever you played as to watching now is just kind of like the, the competitiveness of the game or? Uh, I don't think it's, I don't, I, the biggest change is that when we used to face a club, we might have one spray sheet on a hitter you know just a it looks you know just a diamond you see him on tv all the time now yeah we might have a we might have a book with that hitter in there and we can say well you know he kind of bleeds everything to the right side so we'll shade him that way these guys now have access to so much information information uh-huh. is an amazing thing in baseball right now i haven't caught up with it but it's amazing these they flash up a hitter comes up to the plate and boom they put his spray chart out 80 you know 28 percent here and 20, and then you're seeing these shifts and stuff we had a piece of paper and we didn't have video on guys mm-hmm. um so we just looked at a piece of paper and we said okay well let's try to pitch him this way and we try to get just try to get guys out kind of yeah. the old-fashioned way now i'm seeing three guys on this side of the infield and they hit into it and you're like oh my god if the, the, the wealth of information that these kids have, their laptops, they can watch tomorrow's pitcher. They can watch him throw against like hitters. They, as a pitcher, you can watch a like pitcher throw against that team a week ago and say, here's how yeah. he got him out. It, I've, I've been in – my brother is still with the big league organization. Um, and so I have – I mean, he's told me a lot yeah. of things. These guys have access to so much information. The training staffs are so much different. It's not the old day where they just rub your arm down, man. These guys are going to these, – these medical – or the, the training facilities that these places have are phenomenal. Um, so I, it's not the competitiveness, I guess, getting back to your original question. These kids are in it just as much as they were back then. But back then, you just took a couple aspirin and went back out there and threw, you know. we play, yeah. there's a There was a difference between being hurt and injured, you know. If you were injured, you didn't play. If you were hurt, you played. Now, you know, they're taking care of these kids. They're million, multi-million oh, yeah. dollar investments to these organizations. Oh, yeah. They have to. So 
I think the game has made some unbelievable changes that way, and I think it's fantastic for the players. So one of the things you mentioned in there, um, I have heard a lot of – I've read a lot of articles about a lot of guys in the older generation appreciating the extra analytics but also absolutely hating the shift and saying – you know, I actually read an article today talking about um, the analytics being good but something like the, the rate of pitches that end in – or the rate of uh, at-bats that end in basically a, a non-play in the field – is up to like 36%. So that means it's either a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. Because there's, there's nothing that happens in the field. It's just the pitcher and the batter and the catcher. Mm-hmm. And that, that number keeps rising up. And so I just, I'm just curious into, you know, with the shift taking away a lot of hits and with these guys just, you know, launch angles and how with staff that they can measure and work on, like, you know, just kind of what's your opinion on that, of it changing the game from a... So, so you have to remember that, that I, as a pitcher, I was looking to have to get three outs this inning. Mm-hmm. If I can shift my defense, I'm a, I'm a defensive guy. I love a, yeah. I love a two to one ball game, man. I'd love a well-pitched great defense. And maybe somebody drives in a run and somebody hits a double and drives into that was the kind of yeah. games I like. So the shifts on, as far as the hitting now, it is such a different thing. I can remember teaching my kids to hit and we mm-hmm. taught a different thing. We taught them to kind of approach the ball from the top hit line drives. The whole thing has just gone upside down. The amount of strikes, there's going to be a thousand more home runs hit this year than there was last year, and it was a record last year. Yeah, there's going to be a thousand more home runs hit this year. Um, the strikeouts are unbelievably up, but people like to see that. So, um, as far as the shifts, I think you can do them all. Um, uh-huh. I'd like to see them, you know, but people go to see home runs, and that's what these kids are being taught to do, and it is fun, but it, it can make for some really boring innings. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's for sure. You never get you, you don't see that many guys getting driven in from second base anymore, unless they're just jogging around third. Yeah, you know. So it'd be nice to see a guy smoke one to right field and a guy come around, and you don't see that as often. That that never makes Sports Center, but you get a better chance. You've got better information on pitchers, you know. So these hitters are they're going to jack them. That's what yeah. they're doing, and I love it. I think it's it's a fun game right now. It is a fun game. I I, I like the characters, um, so I think it's going the right direction. That's good. So, you know, I want to go back to, you know, we we got a little bit at some of the, uh, you know, you coming up, mm-hmm. and some of these pictures. You said you did come up with a couple of pictures you threw particularly hard. So there's a story that you always <laughs> tell, and you're laughing already because every time I see Tim, I make him <laughs> tell me this story because it's my favorite story that he tells. But. Uh, I wanted to ask you about a particular real tall pitcher who threw real hard that you uh, played with at one point. Yeah, I was. I, I played this. It, it is a funny story, but um, I played ball. I played two summers up in Alaska. I played in Anchorage, um, and and the second summer I was up there, I, I um, played with a guy named Randy Johnson. He was about six foot nine at the time, and tall, skinny kid from Southern California. And anyhow, he came up and he played, and I got to know him really well. And he was fun, 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 but. Struggling with his arm, and he thought he was going to pitch the rest of his career in Southern California. And so um, he was getting ready to pitch a game, and they were going to decide whether he was going to go home or not because he said he didn't like it, like it up there. Anyhow, short story long, he, uh, he's getting loose in the bullpen, and me and a guy named Mark Gardner, uh, who's a Fresno guy, um, went down. We said, hey, Randy, man, we were talking to their number three hole hitter, and he 
doesn't think he's even going get to get, get to face you today. He thinks you'll be out of the game by then. And he goes, who is he? And I said, I don't know. So Randy proceeds to get loose in the bullpen. He goes out in the mound, and he strikes the first guy out, strikes the second guy out, and he's on his game, man. He's looking over in the dugout like, yeah. And then he comes up the third hitter, and the third hitter digs in, right-handed kid, and he digs in, and Randy throws one right in the middle of this guy's back. And I'm like, whoa. And he looks over in the dugout and points, and I'm like, is that the one? And I started laughing. He came off the mound through six more innings, but it's funny how he, he's a, he was a crazy, crazy guy back then. And I told him back then, I said, you're going to pitch in a big league someday. And I, see, I saw him a couple times during our younger careers. Um, he was with Montreal at the time, and um, and then he went to the big leagues. And but he was a unbelievable dude. I got to spend the uh, summer with him up in Anchorage, and and uh, it was a blast. It was a blast. But it was a blast. Now, now the part of the story that I remember hearing was, did the three hole hitter actually say anything? He didn't say a thing. He did not say a thing. Randy just stared at him the whole way down to first base. And the first, the, the hitter actually just kind of he wore it and he kind of got up and he started walking down to first base like God, you know, thought maybe one had gotten away. And he starts walking to first base and Randy just kind of stared at him the whole way. The guy was like, "What did I do?" Well, we had kind of set him up. I never did go and apologize to the guy because it was a funny story. We laughed. There was a bunch of us laughing. Yeah. So, Randy. Yep. Yeah, definitely don't want Randy Johnson <laughs> throwing at you. That's for sure. So, was that kind of your, you, you know, that, was that the craziest thing that happened? You, you, we were talking a little bit about clubhouse culture earlier with, you know, these different movies and portraying and all stuff, whatever. What was clubhouse culture like, you know, at the different levels? You know, not just on the field, but, you know, when you're talking with your buddies and, and after a game and cooling down or. It was funny. You know, we, we, um, it was guys that got thrown together. We were all from different places. Um, but we had one thing in common. We were all, and we spent a lot of time. Like we would go to the ballpark. I'd get to the ballpark at two, you know. Then we take batting practice maybe at four, and on the field at seven. Play till ten. Out of the clubhouse at eleven. So you spent eight, nine hours a day with these guys. So there was times where there was tension. There was times where it was just a blast, you know. And we got to do a lot of fun things. Um, but but um, as far as as far as you got to know a lot of guys. I wished. I'll be honest with you. I wished that there was social media back then. I have not kept in touch with any of them. You know, you don't yeah. know. You know, back then, if they didn't write their number down, you didn't put it in your address book, and you didn't have a phone just to plop it in. You know, so I wished I could have stayed in contact with some of these guys. Um, but we were guys from all over the country playing. You know, playing ball together, and we'd go in first part of March spring training, and then be done in you know. Um, uh, usually August, the end of August. Yeah, be with these guys the whole time. So, uh, um, but it was it was fun. We all got along most of the time. But there were there were times where there was a lot of friction at times, and I saw fights. But you know, not, nothing crazy. But guys would get tense. You know, it, it was it was, they, it was a lot of testosterone in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and so with the era that you were coming up in, uh, that was kind of. So you, so you were pre I'm just trying to remember my, my baseball timelines right here. The big steroid era was kind of late 90s early 2000s. Right. And so kind of like the guys who came in right after you left were kind of when they were in the minors. I would su- was, I would guess around that time, yeah, because yeah. I was out of baseball in like 88 and then it was yeah, it was later. It was about then cuz Jose Canseco and those guys, yeah. they were younger or, you know, they were younger than me. 
Yeah, so, yeah, they were just because you were talking. Just because you were talking about the testosterone, and so I was no. thinking of the, like you know, I know there's testosterone going, but how much of it was no. actual testosterone? I don't know how much of it. Yeah, not not then, but uh, but it came. It, be, it became very prevalent. Yes, I think in the game after I was out. Yeah. So so you mentioned your brother earlier, and you talked about how uh, you know having a best friend in the house and being able to play baseball with him. How long were you playing baseball with him? And, and you know, it's. That's funny. I was thinking. I was thinking when I was driving over here, and I didn't know if it'd come up. But, but it's nowadays, you'll very rarely go by a schoolyard and see five, six kids out there playing catch or uh-huh. smacking the ball and hitting, playing three flies up. We used to be able to do that. We used to go. We'd go half a mile away to the schoolyard and we'd play all summer long. We'd play baseball. You don't see that very much anymore. Yeah. And so, so kids don't play the way we played. So it was a different era where when we were seven, eight years old, it was nothing to grab a glove and go play catch. You, you go into a classroom now of seven, eight-year-olds, and I bet you 80, 90% of them can't play catch. You know? yeah. but, so, and, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But what I'm saying is we had the, we, we've roamed. We, so I had a, yeah, I had my brother, man. He was my bro. He was my little brother, and, and uh, we played together all the time. We always had four or five buddies that would come up, and we'd go to the school and play take a basketball and a football and a baseball and we just go play all day. Um, you don't see that as much anymore. So these kids yeah. are like, there we go back to what I was saying earlier. These kids kind of get groomed at 10, 12, 14 years old. They're playing on these travel teams and these, you know, these, they start grooming them younger now. Yeah. Just so, a, so it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's become, it's a get you an education, get you signed, you know, things like that. So, and a lot of people buy into that misnomer. Not, there's not that many of them out there that that happens to. Uh-huh. But, um, but we were just kids playing. So when we go back to, you were even talking about um, you know, the way interviews went back in those days. We were just playing a game. Now it's kind of, it's more than a game. It's playing, you know, for, you know, we won this elite tournament and we won this elite tournament and, oh, I got to, I want to be on that team. And we didn't do that. We just picked teams and went and played. You know? Yeah. So, um, so it was kind of a freer way into the game. I th- I felt like we we sat and watched the game and learned how to play it. We didn't have the sight the saber metrics, which I uh-huh. think are cool. I really do. It's interesting to know all that stuff, but but we played it differently because we didn't. Yeah. We just we threw a ball up and smacked it and went and caught it. You know, and and that's how. So when we were younger, me and Brad, my brother Brad, played on the same little league teams together and stuff. But um. Everybody that we played against and with were people that we played with all the time anyhow. So yeah. it was fun. You don't see that as much anymore. I don't, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, and I definitely feel like that's something that um, anybody who does play, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of friends who's got kids who play baseball, and I don't know anybody who, you know, oh, hey, let's go to the park and play baseball. I know, hey, here's Little League, then there's Travel Team, then there's Babe Ruth, then there's, like, everything I feel like is just so regimented nowadays as compared to just the, yeah. you know, what hey, happened? let's go out and throw a ball around. Exactly. What happened is just playing. And, yeah. and so now it's become a game, you know, and now it's, you know, we got to have, you know, it's, it's, we just used to play. And so we kind of rolled into it, and that's where I think I kind of fell in love. I, we played basketball, too. We played football, too. But baseball was just, it was kind of what, my dad was a ball player, me and Brad were ball players, and and that's just got in my blood. Then I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so. Uh, was was Brad also a pitcher? Brad was a pitcher. Yeah, he was a pitcher, first baseman when he played at, at 
junior college, he, he hit and played first. And then when he got, when he signed with the Yankees, he became a pitcher. So he pitched his whole, his career. And then he coached for many years. He's, my brother signed his contract, signed at 19 years old. And he's had a job for probably 27 years being paid by a, a, ball, club, a yeah. ball club. He's wow. working, he works for the, uh, for the Diamondbacks now. He's a rehab coordinator for the Diamondbacks. So he, he works at their spring training facility and, and rehabilitates any, you know, any other guys that are coming through. He makes sure that they get through their throwing regiment and then he turns them over to the trainers. So um, he has a lot of access to a lot of things. He's, oh, yeah. So, um, so that's what he does. He's never, I always laugh, I, I jokingly say, I don't think he's ever really had a real job. He's been in baseball his whole life. Um, never, had to, never had to quit playing. No, nope. and I consider him a lucky, lucky man in a lot of ways. And then I think a lot of ways, you know, there's there's sides to baseball that people don't ever see. But my brother was a professional player and coach for played five years, five or six years in the big leagues, and then he coached for another six years in the minor leagues, and then he coached for seven years in the big leagues. Um, but during that time, he was always gone. You know, he didn't really he was mm-hmm. he. His kids, you know, didn't get to see his kids play high school baseball because he was busy. He was coaching, you know. Yeah. So, so there's a lot that people don't see. If those guys, they they have to give up a lot of time, you know, that they aren't home. So, yeah. um, it's not always an easy life. You're not just on a big league ballpark every night, you know. Um, there's a yeah. lot of things that go with it. So, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you talked a little bit about. Uh, Earlier, you were mentioning about you know kind of coaching your kids, and you're talking a little bit about not getting for for Brad not getting to see you know his kids play as much. But uh, you know what was I know at some point you coached quite a bit. I, I remember whenever I was in high school going and doing a, a academy with you. Yes. Um, yes. And doing a lot of stuff. And so so what was what was kind of the difference in making that transition between uh, being a player and going to a coach? I was fortunate in that I didn't ever go and coach right away when I got out of the game. I think that would have been hard because I still think I could have stood there and said, well, hey, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't start coaching until um, my oldest boy, Ryan, was, I think he was maybe a sophomore in high school. And um, I, I coached, and then I coached uh, at a high school for the next seven years mm-hmm. and ended up coaching everything from freshman up to JV, up to varsity. And, uh, and it was when all three of my boys were going through school. I had yeah. Ryan left. Stefan came in, and Stefan was a senior, and Tyler was a was a freshman. So I coached those guys all the way through high school, and I was at that time, you know, I was a little older, so I was I couldn't step out there and say, "Well, I can do that," you know. So yeah. I was a much better teacher at a more experienced age. I really feel I think if I'd have got right into coaching right away, I would have been like, "Come on, man," you know. I was a little more experienced, but um, I coached, yeah, and then I and then I did some. Uh, some instruction with kids as far as pitching and hitting um, and those types of things. And, and I really enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. As I wished I had known the things that I learned after I played when I did play. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, how hitters were trying to attack pitches and, and how pitchers were trying to get guys out. We just, there again, we just went out and played, you know. Okay. We didn't have as much of this analytics. But, um, but my knowledge was better of the game, so it was easier for me to teach. And, and it was, it's easier when you're teaching, you know, kids kind of look up to you stuff. Yeah. So, um, but I, I caught many a bullpen. I, liked to watch, I, I loved watching kids pitch. Um, I became a decent hitting 
little knew a little bit about hitting. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But I always liked watching kids throw baseball. That's one of the things that's always been interesting to me is uh, pitchers are notoriously bad hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense. No. But it's just I mean, it's, just, it's just been the fact of the game. But to me, it's always seemed like that the it, that just has always been a weird dichotomy to me. You would think that as a pitcher. Hey, I know what this other pitcher is trying to do, so I need to know how to counteract it because, you, you uh-huh. know, hey, know. Oh, he's trying to do this. So, you know, to me, it would seem like pitchers would have an advantage there, at least mentally. Well, I think I think sometimes though, but then 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 what if the pitcher's thinking I know what he's thinking, so now I'm going to throw in this. You know, there's there's that head game. Yeah. I think every time somebody steps in the batter's box, but at the same time, pitchers, as far as hitting there we were busy we didn't lift a lot of weights and stuff we did a lot of running you know we ran a lot um so the pitcher's regiment was not to take batting practice so pitchers were just they were kind of those odd guys over there that just pitch you know um so there again the game changed somewhere and pitchers didn't hit Uh um i don't know if there's some of them that would probably would have been pretty decent pitchers or hitters yeah um you know uh but some of them, Trevor Hoffman, was a group, was a good shortstop, couldn't hit a lick, so they made him a pitcher. Pretty good choice, you know. Yeah. Went out, saved Clearly. a whole bunch of games. So, um, but <laughs> yeah, pitchers are notoriously poor hitters. Um, I don't think they spend the time on it. I don't think they really care. Yeah. Um, should we have a DH? That's another topic. But <laughs> but you know, it makes the game fun for fans. But I hate not seeing I. I hate not seeing pitchers hit. I think yeah. they should at least be in the lineup. Give it a chance. They're fun to watch. Exactly. <laughs> well, in the the argument I've always heard against the DH that uh, I, I'm, I'm going to out myself as a National League fan here yeah. is there, there's no strategy to the game. Oh, hey, I'm going to throw my reliever in whenever because I don't have to worry about when the pitching spot's coming up. Whereas, Makes managing so much easier. To manage yeah. in the American League is, is much easier in that respect than in the National League because now you're like, God, i got to get him through one more inning so I can pinch hit for him and then bring in the next guy. It makes managing different, yes, and I and I think that that's a part of the game. Um, that's why I'm a National League guy too. I, yeah. I agree with you 100%. So, um, so now, historically, one of the things that me and Tim have disagreed on is which happens to be the best team, especially when it comes to the National League West and certain teams winning a lot more World Series recently, not just losing them. Uh, not, not to poke any sores here. But, uh, Tim, you know, it's when you played professional ball, I don't, I, I'm not sure which organization you played with. I played with the Houston Astros organization. So you were in the I Astros played, organization. I was in the Astros organization, yes. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know your short-term baseball history, uh, I am a diehard Giants fan. Tim yes. is a diehard Dodgers fan. Yes. So my question it's, to you comes of at, when you're in the professional organization and the Astros are, are paying you, you know, so much money to play baseball – but you grew up a Dodgers was fan. Was I still a Dodgers fan? Yeah. And, yes, you know, I was. Does, how does that, you know. Yes, I was a Dodgers fan when I played for the Houston Astros. If I'd have been in the big leagues, it might have changed my mind a little bit. But, no, I was always a Dodgers fan. And I just happened to play for the Houston Astros. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, we take a lot of heat. I, I, this is not probably the best area to live in as a Dodgers fan, but it's fun this year. It's been fun the last couple of years. And have we not won World Series? No, but I think we'll win one this year. I really do. I, I think they're they the best team. They have a better team. chance than the Giants do. And wouldn't, yeah, you know, I agree with that. But, but it, it's, it, I, I, I don't like Giants fans. Um, I don't dislike Giants fans. But they've had a lot to crow about lately, and, I, and I'm happy for them. It's always nice to be a winner, yeah. and I hope we are this year. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and but, as much as I respect the rivalry, there's also the the aspect of at this point I'm a bigger fan of baseball, and I, I you know I've met plenty of Dodgers fans, yourself included, who <laughs> can sit and talk baseball and, and appreciate good baseball more than hating somebody for disliking a different rival team. And yeah, that's, that's I, no, I, I never I never rooted. I didn't root one time in those even years. Not one time did I root for the Giants, but it was good for their fans. Yeah. It was good for their fans. Definitely. I thought it was great. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Yeah, so you're talking about. Did you ever take any heat whenever you were in the uh, in the minors for be openly being a Dodgers fan, even though you're pitching for a different organization? Well, I I don't think that I expressed it a lot back then. I don't think I wasn't wearing Dodgers hats or anything back then. Uh-huh. I I had so um. I, but I I would always check. You know, back then we had to grab a paper in the morning to see who won who won the night before. So um, so I would uh, I'd always look at the Dodgers score. It was the first score I ever looked at. Every every day in the newspaper, I look for the Dodger score. Um, even when I was in the road in Jacksonville, Florida, or wherever I was that day, yeah. I always looked to see what the Dodgers did. Well, and if you go back, I mean, you, you know, you talked about earlier about you know being in the professionals and kind of hoping that somebody falls on their face so that mm-hmm. way you get their spot. So I guess being a Dodgers fan, if they were playing the Astros and. Hey, I hope the Dodgers win because that means I might get called up. <laughs> there you go. I, I hope somebody falls on their face and the Dodgers beat them. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, the reason, so going back earlier, the reason I started talking about your brother a little bit and then you kind of got into it with the coaching was uh, I was wondering if you, you said you caught some, you know, became a bullpen catcher because you loved watching pitching. And I was didn't know if your brother was a catcher and caught some stuff for you going up. But that's always one of the, the other relationships that is, um, the only two people who were for sure going to interact with the ball on any given play is the pitcher and the catcher. And so what was, you know, pitching to different catchers, what was that relationship? What was? It was, that was the most important relationship for, for a pitcher was to have a good catcher when he had confidence in. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into a game, when I was a starting pitcher, I went into a game and I always felt like you got 27 battles today. Mm-hmm. I gotta win. I gotta win twenty-seven times. I might lose four or five, six times, but I gotta win twenty-seven times. That, that's your goal going yeah. in. You want to throw a complete game every out. So that guy steps in. I gotta get this guy out. So if you and your catcher are on the same page, um, and I was lucky. I had good catchers. Um, mm-hmm. um, most of the time, almost all the time, I pitched. I don't think I ever threw to a guy that I didn't really. I threw one guy, but anyhow, but. To have them know what you're thinking, and you might shake them once or twice, but they're on the same page, and you go get hitters. And I always respected catchers because they had to know eight, ten guys. You yeah. know, all of a sudden this guy's coming in, you know, got the right hand, and here comes the left, and he's got to be like, okay, this guy's a, you know, the slider's his best pitch, and his fastball in, and then maybe his changeup. You know, he's got to. Yeah. Catchers got to think. Catchers are the smartest guys on the field. I don't care what anybody says. They're stupid for putting the gear on, and they're stupid for catching their whole career, but. They're the smartest guys on the field. Yeah. They are, they're your quarterback. Um, so throwing to a good catcher was paramount, paramount in your success. Mm-hmm. Um, a good catcher could make a, a medium pitcher look really good just by timeout, come out and say, hey, man, you don't got it. You got to throw in this. Yeah. You know, the, and you trust them. If you trust them, if you don't, you send them back and say, no, I'm throwing what I want. Most of the time I was like, you know, you're, you're right. Yeah. They're seeing my pitches better than I am. You know, they're on the receiving end. They're on yeah. the, you know, they're sitting down there like that. That's a little flat, man. Well, that's not a good pitch today, Arnie. You know, shoot, go out, come out and tell me. You know, don't uh-huh. don't tell me in between innings after I just got time. shellacked. Yeah. You know, come tell me right now. So, pitchers and catchers, yes, I think it's probably the closest relationship on the field. You know, 
middle infielders maybe a little bit after that. But a pitcher and catcher got to be on the same page. I'm, I'm, here we go, the Dodgers. Ryu is just he's, – he's a machine. He's just yeah. a machine. And when he gets somebody back there and they're grooving, there's nothing prettier. That's how I watch baseball. Other thing is, is baseball is, is t- really – and I talked to a lot of people. It's, it's a very boring sport. It is. It's hard yeah. to sit for two and a half hours and watch. It's like watching paint dry sometimes. It is. Oh, yeah. Um, live, it's a little different. But when you watch a game on television, you watch – I watch it differently only because of my maybe my experience or uh-huh. or whatever but I, I watch a game from pitch to pitch and and I'm living on every pitch that's how I that's how we play that's how I I was fortunate so I can sit and watch a two and a half hour baseball game and never get up and I love that but to the common fan it's a slow moving game I think that's why we don't get a lot of kids playing it as much anymore um you can stand out in left field and never get the ball hit to you the whole game. Yeah. You know? So um, I understand that it is. But if you watch it in a, with some passion uh-huh. and as a nerd, as a nerd I'm yeah. that guy. I watch baseball and I don't want to be interrupted, man. And I'll pause it if I have to go to get a drink or go to the restroom and I'll come back and start it again. Yeah. That's, that's how I watch the game. I'm a nerd about that. I want to see the next pitch and I want to see how they got him out. And now next time he comes up, well, they got him away. They're going to try to jam him up here, you know, and, and talk. I, it's fun to watch. And sometimes you get in sync with the game. It's like, Whoa, this is, yeah. this is happening. This is what I remember. So, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing game. Yes. Yeah. yes. And, and, and really, especially, I really feel like that, that that's the biggest thing. Um, you talked about with catchers being the smartest one on the field mm-hmm. and, and baseball being a boring thing. And, and I always heard growing up that baseball is a thinking man's game. Very much so. And, and so, you know, for you, you talked a little bit about, like, you know, it's where you grew up in the game and being able to see yourself in that as a pit you know as a former pitcher uh, what is it about like you know you say you're watching pitch to pitch and that you can sit there and watch it because you're such a nerd about you know watching the spin and thinking about how these guys are gonna you know can you is there really a tangible way to explain why that's just so exciting other than just understand I, I i can't think of I, I i don't know if it's everybody's got their thing whatever their thing is some people can enjoy a fine wine uh-huh. You can crack a bottle of wine, and I can't tell the the really expensive stuff from um, a little bit maybe, but but that's their thing. The uh-huh. Baseball is is was kind of my thing. So um, to have that passion about anything, I think is is being able to see. Uh, oh, hey, that guy's curveball is extra sharp tonight, or oh, that's a little bit flat, just off that first pin, well, maybe. And just of- to see it, just to see it, and say say that you know, oh, he's on tonight. You know, watching you know. Bueller, you know, he he goes oh. out and he looks unhittable at times, and it's like I'm watching this game. I'm yeah. watching. This is gonna. This is electric. He might not throw a no hitter, but I might see him strike 14, 15 guys out in seven and three, seven and two thirds. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you get those magic moments. You know, um, where you're like, this is this is good. Like I said, I go home and on my TV, I got, I'll have eight games. And I just look for a good score. Oh, there's a three to one game. I'm going to go to that game. I don't yeah. know who it is. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I like this pitcher. Yeah. And I'll watch a game. I, but not when the Dodger game is on. I'm always watching the Dodger game. But I'll flip. But when the, when the Dodgers aren't playing, I'll watch all the and, yeah. and And I watch it differently. You know, no different than, you know, um, somebody that does something that 
you talked about you've had mechanics and musicians and stuff on here. I can watch them, but I don't get their vibe. You know, yeah. I don't I don't feel it the same way they do. Um, and everybody's got their thing, so I like I like that. Definitely. Yeah. So the other thing you said that interests me, and and we've talked a lot about how the game was whenever you played versus how the game was how the game is today. But um, another relatively new thing of the game is this con this uh, idea of like an opener, right? Instead of a, a starter. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about playing as a starter, you said, my goal is I've got 27 battles, mm-hmm. which is a, a complete game. Your goal is always to go out there and, and pitch a complete game. And I've heard a lot of um, talk around new pitchers of there, there's kind of not this, oh, I'm an opener. I just got to get through my four innings or my five innings or whatever and then, then hand it off to the bullpen. And the bullpen's become a lot more of a part of the game as compared to that kind of almost going back to what you said way earlier about like this fiery competitiveness of no this is my game it's I'm pitching the full thing. so so most of those guys that thought the way i did they've all had some kind of surgery on their arm and navel so so the difference today is kids are going through going through these these major division one colleges they're being put on pitch counts mm-hmm. these kids come up in the minor leagues these these you know, first, second, third round draft picks. They're coming up in the minor leagues and they're throwing 60 pitches. I don't care what inning it is. We don't care. We want to know how you're going to do for these 60 pitches. So kids are being brought up that way where when I came up as a starter, it was like, give me the ball. I'm going to go out and throw seven. And then you can give it to these guys because we're, we're going to be up by four runs, you know? Yeah. That was your, that was your mindset. Well, the, we threw a lot more pitches than we probably needed to. You know, now these kids are coming up stronger, you know, a little bit tighter um, and they're they're being put on pitch counts. So I don't think these kids that come into the big leagues at 22, 24 years old. They're used to saying, oh, I don't, I'm just going to go out and throw my 85 pitches today. You yeah. know, do I think that's wrong? No, I think it's going to keep these kids healthy and they're going to play and they're going to have great careers. But you're not going to see guys throw 240 innings and win 23 games anymore. It's not going to happen anymore. Um, I don't think. I mean, you're going to have every once in a while, but they aren't going to let yeah. these kids go do that. So, um, so how the, how these organizations are taking care of their players and stuff dictates what you know what you're asking me. That you know, do we call him an opener? Do we call him a starter? Hey, go get me your four innings. I want you're a four inning guy. Go go pitch your tail off. And give me twelve outs. You know, yeah. they send guys out there. Get me these two outs, you know, as we get later in the mm-hmm. game. But you get the ball sometimes in the fourth or fifth inning, and your starter maybe laid an egg a little bit, and you got to come in early. Hey, go get me, go get me twelve outs, you know. Boom. Yeah. You kind of got to get into that mode, and you're out in the bullpen, and you're like, oh, here we go, you know. And you go out there, and I'm on a twelve, I'm on a twelve out mode, and 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 kids are growing up doing that. We didn't. Um, we threw. Till your arm hurt a little bit, or you were yeah. done. You know, you threw till you were done. Was that healthy? Probably not. But now, with you know, these kids are coming now up. It's all about health, and hey, if we're making this big an investment, exactly. Yeah. And so I think it's a win-win. These kids are coming. You know, they don't. They, the numbers things are different now. Um, you know, wins. You know, you, you're always looking for wins. You know, uh-huh. but um, it's about strikeouts, and it's about you know home runs on the offensive side, but. You know that's all the talk right now, but but 
ERAs are still big, but now they've got all these different. I mean, here we go again with the the analytics. I don't even know Expert, what. Scores. I don't even know what any of that stuff is. You know, d- d- um, if your replacements in there, you would have lost three more games. What's that? A player war? war. Yeah, win of replacement. Wow. So the technical part, I've got to go back to the, the the information that that is out there and the player's access to it and everybody's access to it. I mean, like I said, a hitter comes up, pitcher comes in the game, and boom, we know what it is. He threw two-thirds of an inning last night, and his ERA, they change it every inning. It's amazing mm-hmm. how they do all this. We didn't play it that way. You know, we always we come into the clubhouse and look, oh, my ERA went up, you know, .6 yesterday because I threw like crap. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, it's, it, it has made, it's, it's made the game different in the way that they're that these kids are going after it because they know automatic right now you're hitting in the big leagues and you have a bad at bat and you want to know how the guy got you out you go back to the video room right off the dugout and there's a videographer sitting there and he you can watch your last at bat you know and say oh god that's what you know these guys have access to that immediately right now um so players are coming into the organizations differently they're awarded much more information. They, they're going to take care of you. Um, uh-huh. And that's where I think, you know, we'll get back to this. So these kids, aren't, they, they don't care if they go out and throw 60 pitches. I'm in the big leagues. This is cool. And yeah. event, but they got, you know, the organization has a role. Next year, we're going to stretch you out a little bit. We're going to give you, you know, 15 starts, you know. So they, they have these things mapped out. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah. So. Well, Tim, it's been really interesting hearing about how your career in baseball has gone and how it's you know, your perspective on how it's changed and so long and all that stuff. Uh, we're going to go ahead and call it an episode there. Thank you for being on, man. I'm no, sure man. We could go on for hours. No, I, I really do appreciate it. And, and it, it's, it's really cool. I, I, it, when you made the comment about, you know, everybody's a nerd about something. And I'm like, that's so true because this is my thing. So, it's Caleb, fun. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, man. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And thanks for being nerds about baseball. <laughs>